0: Get Certified Together program is created by TechnoCofe, your free online knowledge sharing website based out in London.
1: Which you, as an end user, or even if you are kind of like an application owner and you use some kind of a maybe nginx or some kind of open source uh, uh, front-end or back-end software's using your application maybe those components or those processes are using another sub processes in the underlying architecture which you are not aware of and those hey everyone welcome to another episode of get certified together series this is episode number 38 i am recording today and i am recording it after a good break of three weeks well it's not that surprising if you are living in in the in the same region where i am then schools have reopened and of course it takes some time to get adjusted with all those other things and when you have kids in the house so you have to take care of those things as well so anyhow i took some break and in between i was trying to read through a couple of stuffs and i was looking into booking the exam of ccsp as well well i actually shared one wrong information in one of the episode where i talked about a coupon which you will get when you be an ic square member apologies but that coupon is not applicable for ccsp exam so that is only for I think certified in cyber security which is kind of like a beginner level exam anyhow that that itself costs around 150 dollars or something so it's worth an effort if you want to give it then you can give it a shot i also actually have booked as well i know it's kind of like a basic exam and but it will kind of give a good, good journey into the cybersecurity. So I'll repeat myself. The coupon which we are getting when we become an IC Square member is applicable for booking a cyber certified in cybersecurity examination, which we can give and we can be then kind of have a official certification from the IC Square. It is again, it will be from the center. It's not a remotely proctored exam, so you have to go into the center. And I have found one center nearby to my house. I will be going there. You can help, of course check from your side as well. I will be also attending one of the first conference of ISC square which is happening in my local ISC square chapter around I think network security but I have to check it again there will be a couple of topics covered there and I'll be going there to attend that event and of course uh, get to know other professionals who are already expert in the same field where uh, we all are heading into so like I said before as well it's, it's really worth an effort if uh, you You can find your nearby chapter, of uh, which is affiliated to ISC Square. then. they have all these good conferences and all these uh, events happening, which you can, of course, go and attend. I will not talk about the football games again because it doesn't make sense to repeat myself again and again. If you follow that uh, Premier League, then, you know, United is really into the shambles. We are losing four games in a row now. Four? I don't know. Even if it's not four, then we will lose probably the next one. So we are kind of having this bad phase. I am still quite optimistic in terms of team because we have a lot of injuries and there are a lot of players who are missing the missing the game and hopefully when whole team is back the new signings and everyone we will be potentially be better but I'm not really hopeful for the title again. I think that was really optimistic if you are a united fan or you are hoping for a title right away. It will still take some time but at least play a good football. That's all we we care about now. It's not about winning or losing. It's about playing properly, which which is not happening. So of course it's a bit depressing sometimes. But uh, it's fine if you are you co- you're still gonna support them. That's that's the only thing we can do, right? But of course cannot go about that topic again because it. I don't want to spoil my mood again about by talking about that. So let's let's quickly move into today's episode because we have to cover few things in the domain related to application security and i want to wrap that up because then we can move towards the cloud security operations part and cloud security operations will be interesting as well because then we will be really covering the uh, the actual stuff if incident happened how to respond that so far we have we are only covering about cloud basics and how we can make sure that everything's are in place but remember that those uh, all those things like identifying the risk or preparing everything and preparing yourself for for potential attacks is only one of the component or one of the phase another important part or another important phase is where you actually detect the attack and you actually respond and recover the whole system so cloud security operations potentially will be covering all of those stuff so it will be interesting and of course it it makes sense to move quickly into domain 5 now now we have a good understanding of uh, cloud infra cloud infra basics how to secure cloud infrastructure how to secure operating system how to secure applications which are built on top of that operating system what are different compliance what are different frameworks so we are kind of over to that initial design and uh, planning phase. And now we are more heading towards the actual real life scenarios, how different attacks can happen and uh, what kind of monitoring system or what kind of uh, security strategy should be there, should be in place so you can detect and you can mitigate those risks right away. All right, uh, let's move into today's episode and before a short break. So we'll meet after the break. Okay.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: Thanks for coming back. Like I said, we will be covering the next topics of uh, domain four, which is cloud application security. So far we have discussed about secure development life cycle. We have discussed uh, different uh, different ways of testing your application, different ways to make sure that your application is modeled correctly so we can create those threat models around our application architecture. There are a couple of uh, Uh, topics related to cloud specific risks because uh, remember we cannot uh, all the application cannot be compatible right away we might have to re-architect some of them we might have to break into pieces and reprovision them some of the applications may not work how they were working on the on-prem or on monolith so we have to define our cloud strategies around that and of course those cloud specific risks which were not there because now in in when we talk about cloud deployment model is changed a bit and we have kind of this shared ownership where some of the infra or some of the components are owned by the cloud service provider some are owned by end users so of course with cloud there are some cloud specific risk as well we have covered that part already we have also discussed in the same domain for about cloud application security about different uh, different business requirement what are different phases of application development and what happens in each phase how we can plan and define something and how actually deprovision or how actually uh, remove one application if you are no more supporting that because it it also is not recommended if uh, you build some application you gave it to your end user and then you decided on yourself that okay i will not be supporting this application anymore and it will be unpatched and it will be kind of security risk if you are still uh, you haven't removed that application from your offerings or from your marketplace so uh Even that deprovisioning or deletion of the application code from the public repository is one of the key things as well we have covered everything and if you are uh, sort of having this uh, if you if you have forgotten or if you want to revise then of course head back to the previous episode it it won't take much time we are now moving to the next topics of this domain 4 and first topic for today is how we can make sure that application components or software components which we are using for our application is verified, is coming for us from a secure source. First and foremost is your bill of uh, material. Now bill of material is of course, uh, it's an old term where we put all the components which we buy for a machine, we put that under a single single kind of like this note or a single kind of checklist that this machine is having these kind of materials uh, included as part of this uh, whole infrastructure. Something similar is applied for software or application side as well, where we have software bill of materials or SBOM. So, our, all applications may be using m- many repositories in the backend, many softwares in the backend, many small processes. Which you, as an end user, or even if you are kind of like an application owner, and you use some kind of maybe NGINX or some kind of open source uh, uh, front end or backend softwares using your application maybe those components or those processes are using another sub-processes in the underlying architecture which you are not aware of and those may be unpatched or those may be like i said no more supported by anyone who built them at the first place and you as an end user or you as an application developer are not simply aware about everything but that's the kind of risk we have if we are not aware so it always makes sense to to keep a record of what kind of uh, What kind of components you are using uh, covered under part of this s-bomb or software bill of material it becomes more and more critical when we move toward this container-based architecture where we have containers or smaller runtime engines which are running our application which are running our code we are then completely unaware of what those runtime components or small software components are using what kind of architecture they are using what kind of codes are written for them whether they are not uh, kind of using this uh, security misconfiguration in themselves or they are not unpatched or they are using some old version of java code or old version of uh, a repository old version of database everything it sounds complicated it sounds that uh, some somewhat overwhelming for any application developer or any end user, but this is something we have to take care of. It's really important. Another similar key component is APIs. Now, APIs, we all know, are application programming interface. They are kind of our in and out. Now, when we talk about this cloud and application, or multi, multiple microservices based architecture, each component is communicating with other one on APIs. So APIs are nothing but your, your messages, which you send to any end system and request them for some information so if i want to if, if say for example i want to get the list of all the users who logged in into my cloud application or my aws or azure i can send an api call to aws and azure and with of course proper authentication which are with proper components which with, uh, without uh, with proper information in that call itself and when i'll send that api call from my system from my laptop I'll get all the information in in JSON format now it sounds easy and of course uh, because it's easier and because it's kind of like a now standard everyone is using this architecture it is a bit riskier as well you have to make sure that this API call which has been sent is using proper authentication is using some kind of encryption you are not just sending all the data onto the cloud or onto the internet right away as it is in the readable format. You have to perform some kind of encryption, you have to perform some kind of authentication mechanism, token-based architecture, all those scenarios come into picture but ultimate goal is the APIs which are used between the application components or between your application and to the cloud or application to the end user need to be secured, need to be approved as well. Another risk associated with the APIs is monitoring of APIs because uh, now you're kind of like opening your application, you're making it compatible with all other applications. It makes sense in this uh, architecture or in this technical world where we all want our application to be compatible to other applications, only then I can... I'll be able to sell my application to end users if I if I for example created one of the payment application and I want to sell it to as many customers as I want to gain more and more money then my application should be compatible my this payment application should be compatible with a lot of uh, operating system with a lot of other end system for example my application should be compatible with whatsapp should be compatible with instagram so that people can use those application to perform the payment using coming via my my app so it makes sense for my application to be open to the world and to make that open i'll be of course uh, giving this open apis and i will let people to send api calls to my app and perform use my app for doing day-to-day transactions and of course uh, makes it riskier now so i i should be able to monitor what kind of requests are coming in and out and that api monitoring was not there before and i think this is something similar what we discussed are those kind of like cloud specific risk which was not there before but now coming into the picture and into the discussion and last but not least one of the major thing which is important now when we are discussing about this application architecture or we are discussing about this application security is open source now open source we all must be aware we all have must some idea if we are in the tech field but just for kind of like giving an overview or giving a kind of brief on it open source can be any community driven software where the whole source code is open to public anyone can fork the repository can build or can customize something on their own optionally they can push it back into the main branch so it help everyone in the community or they can keep it to themselves and they can continue running their fork code and create something new from the existing base code. Open source is quite openly used now no pun intended but yeah it is quite openly used now and everyone is keen on using it because of course it's free of course it's driven by community no one owns that code and you can use it as the way you want and no one gonna question you why you're using their code because it's something which is open to all everyone can use it. Of course, uh, opposite of that is licensed code where some organization, for example, Microsoft or or some other companies, they can make something on their own. They make that proprietary and they make them licensed. So you don't know what kind of code they are using in the back end and then and you cannot reuse it. You cannot modify them without the permission of actual owner. So opposite of open source is licensed codes and there are pros and cons associated with both of them. So one of the pro with open source is code is open to all you can check it you can review it and if you really like the code and if you really like the the security or configuration which is done there use it if you don't like it don't use it Uh, no one bothers or no one will care about that if you are sticking with a licensed version or if you are going to a vendor based model where you are buying something from a from a vendor. They will give you an application but they will ne- never give you the code which is used to run that application so you will be kind of like unaware what kind of configuration they had done or maybe they are using some kind of uh, uh, same some kind of process or some kind of uh, uh, application component which is not supported now and you as an end user are not aware of that because you don't have access to that code in open source you can easily read that code you have access to everything and you can even point out that this is something which is using kind of like a older version of java can you uh, you can update in the community that we are using this older version we should update it to the new one so you have this open communication you can review everything in case of license you don't have any access at all and while we are discussing about that this is something in which open source then creates problem because this is driven by community so if you identify something. You can simply raise it to community that uh, we have some misconfiguration. I think we should fix it. So either you fix it yourself or you wait for someone else in the community to to fix that for you. And this is not an ideal way if you are kind of like running a really risk uh, uh, business which should be secure. And you are really relying on that application to be always uh, configured properly. In case of license, you simply have to raise a ticket to your license uh, license software provider and they will fix it for you because you are paying it to them. You are paying money for them to provide a secure code, a secure application. And if something is missing, some misconfiguration is there or there is some bug which your scanner to reported in your application, you can straight away raise a request to that vendor and they're going to fix it for you. They will have some kind of agreed SLA in which they will fix. Now, of course... uh, all these strategies, all these uh, discussion around what kind of software we should use or how we should build our secure application architecture, what are the, what things we should take care of while we are building everything is one thing. We still need some supplementing tools to kind of like an additional layer of security because remember a concept of defense in depth. So if you, I'm making sure my code is secure, I'm making sure that my Cloud Infraise Secure and using all those secure software channels. I am even I'm paying to uh, some vendor or some application provider uh, for kind of like having a paid version of an application. Still, that's one part. This is only securing my application. I still need some more supplementing tools or some more supplementing components, supplementing applications to to have this kind of uh, comprehensive And some of those tools are firewalls web application firewalls or api gateways these are all kind of like a day-to-day term. we hear about them a lot and we're going to cover some of them today so firewall it's pretty basic right we are controlling who can go in and out we have of course next generation firewalls as well where we can do advanced level of monitoring we can do advanced level of blockage we can use VPNs on those next generation firewall. There are a lot of use cases and there are a lot of scenarios. And of course, if you pay more, if you pay more for a better software or firewall, or if you are using an advanced version of firewall, then you will get more use cases. If you are using some kind of open source or free one, then you will get kind of like a basic blocking and those uh, NACL or network access control. But again, it depends on what your organization needs. But firewall is one of the component which you should have to make your application more secure. Now, when we talk about access to application more secure, another component which comes into mind is web application firewall. Now, web application firewall or WAFs are specifically built for an application security. So who can access your application? What kind of uh, traffic is going in and out onto your application? Who is trying to access it from which credential or what user or what kind of uh, authentication they are using? What What's their level of authorization? All those advanced level of monitoring specific to your application you can do using web application firewall. Mm-hmm. Now name itself is saying that you are only using those firewalls for web application. So they are slightly different than our normal network firewalls or next generation firewall. They are specifically built only for web applications so uh, maybe those advanced use cases of related to layer 7 of your uh, osi model or related to ddos attack on your website or on your web application all those will be taken care by waf in that case similar to waf which is built for web application we have dam dam is uh, i think database monitoring or database application monitoring yeah so it's specifically built for monitoring what is going in and out into your database because now all the application all the web application or any kind of application to be honest will be needing some kind of back-end database will be running some kind of uh, database in the back-end for keeping record of transaction keeping record of uh, user data user information and those database need to be secure as well those database need to be monitored as well if you want to if you're running some kind of like uh, banking application or some kind of critical application which need to be secure on all the levels not only the front-end web application but also the back-end database so you can use these kind of tools for only monitoring your database and while we discuss about api security api gateway comes into the picture api gateway is nothing but it providing a kind of single proxy to all the back-end applications so Like I mentioned, if you are building some kind of uh, payment application or an app, which should be compatible for, or which can be integrated with uh, six or seven other application or six or seven other services or components. One way of doing that is you send all those requests, all those API requests directly to your application using its own IP address, which of course sounds scary. Second way of doing is uh, using some kind of proxy and that proxy will be provided by api gateway so api gateway will stand in front of your application all the other application all the other services or components will talk to that api gateway will send their request to api gateway it's responsibility of api gateway to ultimately send that request in the backend to your actual application but you are kind of like uh, having this kind of security on the door and anyone who is going in and out need to first talk to the security guard who is on the gate and after all the checks are complete, then you will be getting actual requests instead of someone sending requests to you directly. So that's the whole role of API Gateway. Another security component, which is uh, which is kind of like a complimentary to whatever we have discussed about cloud application security is cryptography. Now cryptography is coming again and again, and it's kind of like repetitive topic for all of us but uh, let's just revise it from a cloud application point of view only instead of going into details of other things or other use cases so from cloud application itself if we think about cryptography we are mostly only discussing about data which is going in and out so data in transit of course need to be masked need to be encrypted because your application will be sending some information in and out maybe either between different application components or maybe between end users and the main application itself those data those information which is flowing in and out need to be monitored and need to be of course encrypted as well and data at rest is something which is of course an, a call of any organization it is always recommended that you should encrypt the data at rest but if you think that the data or data information which you are or your application is storing on the rest is not that critical you can choose to not encrypt it but of course recommendation is always to encrypt the data which is stored on rest as well and beside cryptography, we have other mechanisms as well. For example, tokenization or data masking. In tokenization, we replace the uh, we replace our actual value with some kind of token, and that token is then used as a reference point of uh, sending information in and out or sending information between different components. In data masking, we are putting a mask on actual value, so maybe we are replacing the actual social security number or actual credit card number with numbers with xxx so we have masking the data so tokenization and data masking are another kind of like supplementary services which are really helpful in making your application secure another key concept which is uh, used widely now is the idea of sandboxing now idea of sandboxing is mainly related to your application environment when you are building an application you can create a sandbox environment which is completely isolated with the real application and you can perform all those uh, security pen tests you can perform application level testing functional testing everything you can do on that sandbox environment and your real application environment is secure it's completely isolated so sandboxing is used before as well it was uh, always in picture you always used to create a kind of like a test environment before rolling out a code into the main application or into main production deployment or main production application code. Something similar is sandboxing as well. So in sandboxing, you are creating an isolated environment where you can do everything while your real application is always up and running. And last but not least is orchestration. Now orchestration is nothing but making sure that uh, your application always come up, always maintained as a life cycle, as a single life cycle code and another supplementary service is orchestration. Now, orchestration is not really related to a security or cloud security if we think about it. To be honest, it's more about bringing back your application. Your application these days especially is running using multiple components, using multiple services. All those services might have some kind of dependency, some kind of uh, maybe a a level or maybe a sequence of bringing them up. So if you are deploying an application with a front-end, back-end and multiple gateways in between, multiple, I don't know, some kind of uh, queues or some kind of message queues, some kind of uh, cache services in between, whole stack or all the components should come up in a certain way so that your application is up and running Maybe in a single click of mouse you can bring up whole your application, but to make sure that all the components are using a certain standard or using a certain way of coming live, you need to have this kind of orchestration tool. So, for example, in case of AWS, you can use CloudFormation or service catalogs. You can have different uh, different cloud service provider have their own way of doing it. Maybe you can use mm-hmm. BeanStack or something. But ultimate idea is to bring up your whole application in a single stack in a certain way that all the components are up in one shot instead of you bringing up each application each component one by one and it's more related to if something goes wrong with your actual live application or if for example if you want to decommission your existing application instead of doing it one by one for each component you can do it in one shot in one way uh, using this orchestration different orchestration tool. So orchestration is nothing but you are orchestrating something. I think Kubernetes itself is treated as one kind of orchestrator for containers. So you can kind of like correlate with that. So that's the orchestration concept. Now, I really wanted to cover IAM as well. IAM is the last topic of domain 4, which is covering things like single sign-on, MFA, and identity providers, federated identities i know all of these things we have covered already and if i want i can really go through with them quickly and we can wrap this up but IAM am is bit kind of like important topic so i'll keep it for the next week's episode next week we will be covering iam and then we will be wrapping up domain 4 that's it it's done And of course then we will be moving towards uh, cloud security operations and that will be real fun how we have to secure our environment and how we have to operate that instead of just discussing about all those strategies we will be really discussing about what happens in the real real life environment what kind of security strategy should be in place what kind of tools we can use so we will be moving towards that cloud security operations and of course this uh, last topic of IEM in the next week episode and of course, the conference which I told you about is also next week. So, I'll let you guys know how it went and what kind of different things were discussed there. So, it will be fun and I will share that information with you as well. How it really went because it is, to be honest, my first one in the local Thames Valley chapter. I am excited and a bit nervous as well. Although, I am going as an audience but I am going it for the first time. It will be tough to introduce myself as kind of like this amateur person who works on cloud but who is learning cloud security and of course making this podcast but i will let you guys know how it went and if you guys are having something similar in your nearby chapter then i suggest please go it sounds uh, maybe it sounds a bit scary or a bit overwhelming initially but of course when you do it then it will be fun and that's what i am hoping for so we'll catch up next week and we'll have all these things Thank you all. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Goodbye and good luck.
0: Thank you for listening to Get Certified Together. If you loved our content, then please like and subscribe from your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss the notification for our next episodes and announcements.